Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 11. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, welcome back to the PW Fan. We had a much-needed two-week break. A lot of things happened in those two weeks. There was pay-per-views, there was unfortunate firings, there was debuts. Um, The first thing I want to bring up today, though, uh, is the unfortunate firings that happened in the industry. And uh, the three guys here at the PW Fan want to send our hearts to all the Ring of Honor and the WWE talent who unfortunately lost their jobs. It's an unfortunate situation, and we really hope that those people find a stable income as soon as possible. Uh, I just wanted to put that at the top of the show because, you know, the the guys and girls that put on the show, I mean, without that there wouldn't be anything for us to review, and it's a scary thing when you lose your job, so... We just want to send all of our positive energy their way. So today, though, we're going to be covering the WWE shaking up the Survivor Series teams, and we're going to be reviewing Full Gear and Dynamite from this past Wednesday. But first, right now, like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube, where we have full episodes available, and please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, For merch, go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan and get yourself a pocket logo shirt. All right, guys, let's start the show. Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you. All right, guys, um, I thought, first off, since we've been off for uh, the past two weeks, maybe we can, you know, each pick something to talk about that has gone down the wrestling world um, since we've been, you know, off, I guess you could say. Uh, how about we start with you, Tim? What would you like to bring out that has gone down that we haven't you know, been able to cover since we've been gone? Um, well, I kind of brought mine up at the top of the show. I wanted to talk about the, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate firings and, uh, you know, just hoping that those people, uh, get an opportunity somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that's what the thing I really wanted to touch on the most. So, I mean, I, and I've, I know what you guys wanted to talk about. So really, I think we should just pass it over to Jeremy and see what you and him have to say. Yeah. So my thing was from the past two weeks was, the CM Punk and Eddie Kingston promo, which was on Rampage, I believe. And it's where they started, basically, their feud. And it was the first time we saw Punk actually be in a serious uh, feud, basically, without Sim smiling and saying he's just glad to be back. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, because I thought that was one of the best promos. Maybe this year, setting up a feud, like that was an actual pro wrestling promo, I thought. I thought it was... um... God, one of the best promos I've heard on TV in the longest time. Uh, It felt real, and I'm sure there was some uh, realness behind it. But, um, yeah, it was definitely, it felt believable. Um, You can tell there is some bitterness between Eddie Kingston towards CM Punk. You know, that that had happened years ago, but... uh, it definitely made the feud feel a lot better, or we were a lot more real and got me really excited for their full gear match that was uh, coming up. Yeah, I love the promo. I thought it was excellent, and to me that was real pro wrestling promo. It felt real. It didn't feel phony. Everything that they talked about felt real. I especially liked the part of Eddie saying, nobody ever wanted you here, you know, which it's like they, if they kind of play into that, it's definitely an interesting thing. Um, I can't wait to talk about the match that happened 
later on. But yeah, that was an awesome promo. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy. What about you, Andy? What did uh, you do? What did you kind of notice from these two weeks that we took off? Well, Jeremy, what did you think? I mean, you brought up the the promo. What did you personally think of it? You know? Yeah, that was my favorite punk moment so far. Uh, that that promo, and of course the match itself too, which we'll get into. But uh, I just loved how. I think I can't remember what the show started with, but it was something, you know, maybe I, th- I forget what it was exactly, but it wasn't anything close to being as intense as this. And I don't think anything on AEW really, other than maybe a couple of feuds, uh, maybe with like Hangman, uh, has really even touched this type of level of, uh, you know, bringing real life into pro wrestling. And also, I, I heard Tony Schiavone after, like, on this podcast after that saying, Eddie came back and he was like, "Was that good?" Like, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> like, like he wasn't even sure that it was like that good. But yeah, that, I thought that was uh, the best thing. And of course, you know what happened on Dynamite with Punk then. So uh, after Full Gear, his next feud. So I, I just can't wait to see what he does next. But yeah, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, so what I wanted to bring up was um, if you've been following WWE lately, they they have Survivor Series coming up, I believe, this coming Sunday. But I want to say maybe a little over a week ago, no, maybe two weeks ago, they announced via social media all the teams for both women's and men's Survivor Series the reason why I bring this up is because there was no build, nothing. I had read that, you know, some of the superstars only found out about them being on the team because of social media. Uh, I found, I thought it was a really odd thing. I'm so used to them, you know, having people earn their spots or, um, you know, just somehow making sense, make sense on TV of why, you know, one person's in there rather than another person. But there's more I want to talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I just thought it was really odd and it it personally doesn't make me care as much for the whole Survivor Series brand versus brand uh as much as it would in the past. Jeremy, you give your thoughts and then I'll I'll get into it. Yeah, I remember uh Andy, you sent me uh <laughs> that post when WWE posted that on their socials. And he sends me on Instagram and like, I guess this is happening now, because uh, there's literally nothing, no build to it, and everyone was just like, oh, okay, because this is the match, which doesn't make it uh, interesting at all. And then I don't know, like maybe we might get into it, but in the past, was it Raw and SmackDown? They kind of had some matches and switched it up, so there was really no point in doing what they did, anyways. So I mean, I, I'm just as probably confused as a lot of people right now, anyways. For me, uh, just being kind of like a guy who grew up watching Survivor Series, especially close to Thanksgiving time, it's a shame that they don't. It just, it, it to me, it's really apparent with a lot of things with WWE that they don't care as much or put nearly as much effort into things that they used to. I mean, they don't even really try to sell you the pay-per-view anymore because, you know, even the term pay-per-view is an outdated term, except for AEW because they're still using that format. But, um, but you know, the for the WWE stuff, you know, it's going to be on the network. So, you know, it's like they – I feel like they don't really even try to get you to hook you and get you to watch the product. 
But yeah, the Survivor Series for me was always something I looked forward to. Actually, one of my... I always loved this match for whatever reason. There's something about it. I, I really love the story. It was um, Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. Yeah, I think it was Survivor Series 2003. And I... Yeah, Andy and I are looking at each other right now because he remembers too. Yeah, that was a great, uh, a great Survivor Series. And in the end, Shawn Michaels had fought off like three guys. He was the only member of Team Austin left, and he had fought off three guys. And then, uh, you know, he ends up getting cheated out of the win, and he's laying bloody in the ring. But man, that had such a big impact on me as a kid, and I thought that match was so cool. And like Andy said, it's like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know that these matches were even happening or who's in them if it wasn't for social media. But it, it basically, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a match. It's just a match to have a show. And that's it, really. For At WWE at this point, like I don't think they really care about storytelling. I think it's more just like, you know, we have these wrestlers. We'll put on these matches. If you want to watch it, you can watch it. If you don't want to watch it, it doesn't matter. We're still making a lot of money, and we get enough people flipping through the channels that are that are going to watch it where it doesn't really make a difference. So for us as fans who are really, really into wrestling, yeah, it's not going to be that product. It feels like I'm almost growing out of that product, which is a shame because I don't want to. Like, I, I grew up loving WWE, so it's a. I really have almost no interest in watching it watching it anymore but i watch it for the show so we can you know talk about a few things on it with that being said i just wanted to bring up before we move on uh i don't think i think we've we're, we all agreed right that we're not going to be doing talking about nxt anymore i mean we can even joke about it but yeah are we all we're all in agreement with that 100 percent. yeah it was nice to not take notes on nxt this week i did watch it but uh <laughs> Definitely. Even even after watching, I was like, even if I, we were going to take notes, there was nothing in there I felt worth writing down, you know. So, yeah, I think for now, you know, maybe we'll see in the future, but for now, I think we aren't going to cover NXT 2.0 anymore. We're, we're basically going to treat NXT as a collapsible segment. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say really quick, uh, I know we had uh, one thing each, but... With Punk saying recently saying that there was no, he doesn't believe there's any casual wrestling fans anymore. Uh, I just want to see what you guys think about that for, especially WWE since they seem to they cater more towards that and kind of who even is the NXT audience? Because <laughs> I don't even know if <laughs> casual fans would watch that, or if you think that casual fans exist still. I think there's a uh, casual sports entertainment fans, but I don't think there's casual real professional wrestling fans it's a good point here okay there let me throw this out there when someone says that they're a casual football fan or a casual baseball fan it means that hey they'll watch the super bowl they'll watch you know maybe a game opening day they'll if your team makes makes it to the world series they'll probably definitely watch that but with a casual wrestling fan, like what Punk's talking about, yeah, I, I kind of agree with him. Like, if you're a pro wrestling fan, there now there is enough product that you just find what you want to watch, and you know what's up. Like, we all know what's going on. 
especially now with the internet. We all know way more than we even are supposed to. I mean, let's be honest. The whole reason we can even have this show is because of the internet and because of the information that we're able to gather from it. So it's one of those things where if you're into pro wrestling in 2021, it's because you love it and you're purposely going after it. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, WWE is... It, from a technical standpoint, it happens in a ring. It's pro wrestling that happens in a ring. The rest of it, though, now has become like this thing with like digital lights, and it's basically kind of like it reminds me of like a circus mixed with like wrestling. I mean, he really has. I'm not trying to like get off top or you know ramble, but I feel like Vince has finally really gotten what he wanted. Like he wanted to have like not just be wrestling he wanted to have big like pop culture like movie stars and he wanted people to take him seriously and he's a public traded publicly traded company and he finally has all those things but it's not a pro wrestling company yeah i think especially with nick khan as was he president now i think of WWE, uh he's not is definitely not a pro wrestling company at all anymore no he said it's a business he said, this is a business. And he said yeah. that he would have a five-hour Raw or something like that, like, if possible. <laughs> yeah, Please just because of money. Please, no. All right, guys. Well, do you want to get into uh, our usual stuff? Yeah, let's jump into it. What do you want to go over first, Andy? Uh, so I figured we'd start with last week's SmackDown. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, it kind of relates to what I brought up in the beginning about Survivor Series. And then it seems like they didn't really have a plan, or maybe there's a method to their madness. I don't know. But so last Friday, Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn, who are both on the Survivor Series team, wrestled against each other. And if Jeff Hardy beat Sami, Sami was out of the Survivor Series team. Well, Jeff Hardy won. So now Sami Zayn is off. And they haven't announced yet who's going to replace him, but it's. This Friday is the next SmackDown, and then two days later, Survivor Series. It's super late again. There's, like, no build or plan. And uh, related to SmackDown, even though it didn't happen on SmackDown last week, it was announced today from team from the women's SmackDown team, Tony Storm has now replaced Aaliyah. Just announced on social media. wasn't a match that happened or anything like that. It just it was what it was. It seems so backwards, doesn't it? Again, no build, no storytelling. I'm telling you, no one cares. They just rake in money. WWE comes to town. You know, parents are going to take their kids there. It's literally, it's like Barnum and, you know, if people remember Barnum and Bailey Circus, which has got canceled and is also now <laughs> not, a, not a thing anymore. But, <laughs> you know, that that's that's literally what it is. Like, it's the thing that comes to town where you're like, oh, yeah, we'll bring the kids no one really cares about what's happening. You know, like, the... I don't know. I know I'm getting, like, passionate about it, but, I mean, it's just disappointing when I want it to be good. I want to like it. But, you know, you romanticize things. Like, you know, right now in the background while we're recording, I have old Undertaker matches on, and, you know, it's phenomenal stuff, and... Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where you hate to see something that you love uh, just kind of become something just that's 
not fun to watch. But <clears throat> although I will say, they still do have a hardcore lo- hardcore loyal fan base, especially on like Twitter. I see some pretty crazy stuff. They call them what was it like e e e fans or something like that or I don't know. The, it's like e boys like or something like that. E boys or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're passionate. There's people that literally won't watch AEW or any other type of wrestling because they only watch WWE. So I'm like, okay, so you're not really like a pro wrestling fan. You just like WWE. See, that that doesn't make sense to me at all. We're going to catch him flack with us, I know. <laughs> Get some WWE people. <laughs> hey, it's time to spice it up. All right, guys, well... Uh, when it came to Rampage from last Friday, I felt like there was nothing to really talk about. It was more of a go-home show for the Full Gear pay-per-view the next night. So why don't we dive into that? And Tim and I actually watched it together, and we were talking about a lot of things during it. So hopefully both of us can remember you know, most of the stuff that we discussed. You know, We would catch ourselves being like, oh, we should save this for the pod or, or whatnot. So let's get into it. Um, the first match was... Uh, my pick of uh, match of the night, but uh, the opening match was Darby Allen versus MJF. They wrestled their asses off and told a great story. I believe MJF um, was they were working MJF's knee basically the whole time. Uh, what what did he do, Tim, on the on the apron? I think he did a pile driver to Darby and landed on his knees. Yeah, what he did was he gave a pile driver to Darby out on the apron and what was great about it is that he sold it and not only did he sell it he like really sold it he was screaming in pain and I, you know I'd like to see more of that don't get me wrong sometimes in the moment I like the bam 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 back and forth stuff but like for something like that it's like dude you just gave him a tombstone pile driver on the apron like yeah he, he should be like not all that would hurt your knee or your leg, you know, especially if it was already damage done to it. So I did love the cell. Yeah, that was great. What? Else? Uh, yeah, Andy, keep going. Sorry. Also, was this the match where they did the roll up spot, but they rolled around the ring and they did the one two, one two, one two yeah. with the count? So I mean, for me, I mean, not even not even Jim Cornette gave it this critique, but I'm not. That's like the one spot in wrestling in general. Like, I'm not, like, super crazy about is when they do that, like, rolling around in the ball thing. But, okay, other than that, though, the, I I thought the match was freaking <laughs> excellent, awesome. Yeah, Jeremy, how would you feel about the match? I had no idea I was going to say this was match of the night when it first started. Because going into it, you're like, oh, it's probably going to be a good match between two of the young stars. And, like, I, I know Timmy didn't like that spot. <laughs> but that just, I think they just did it to show that they... Like both Darby and NJF can wrestle all kinds of all kinds of styles and really actually wrestle, like because like, you know MJF is the great great speaker, but no one really thinks of him as a wrestler, and so I think they're just doing this to show that he can go and so can Darby, and I thought it was, the end ending was great because of the cheap shot with the brass knuckles and then he did the headlock takeover and still won like that as he said. He would, as he promised he would do. So, yes, I don't think I said the winner, but, yes, the winner was MJF in the end, which, uh, you know, he's going to keep saying that he won with a headlock takeover and not even mention the uh, hit from the <laughs> ring. So I'm going to actually say here, and, the, you know, this might might be a little bit of a hot take, but this is 
maybe one of the better matches I've ever seen. Like, ever. Not just, like, in AEW. Just, like, in wrestling. Like, I just, like, a great wrestling match. Great story. He tried to break him mentally. He wouldn't break him. I, I even like the skateboard spot. And at the end, he beat him with the uh, the roll-up, just like he said he was going to. But, obviously, he cheated to do it. He hit him with the, the ring. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I really thought it was great. I know it's kind of a... You will see how it stands in the test of time, but this is one of the better matches I feel like I've ever seen, to be honest with you. And Darby did that spot where he did the coffin drop onto the apron again. Like, I remember him doing that when he first faced Cody in the very first match. And then, uh, you know, uh, MJF moved, and I was like, it still hurts every single time I'm seeing that. Dude, the coffin drop, I just, like, I think it's amazing, and it looks spectacular. I mean, just, like, I just don't want that guy to, like... People have done a lot less and wound up in wheelchairs and all kinds of other stuff. And it's just like, man, you're doing like crazier stuff than they did, you know? So. All right. So our next match was for the AEW Tag Team Championships. It was Lucha Brothers versus FTR. Winners in the end were Lucha Brothers, but uh, when we were watching this, me and Tim both agreed. So. I don't know if everyone knows this, but the Night of Full Gear was the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's uh, death. And so throughout the night, there's a lot of um, tributes and moves being done in his honor. And at one point, Penta does three Migos to, I don't remember which member of FTR it was to, but then Ray Phoenix does the frog splash um, off of the top rope. And me and Tim both felt like it should have ended there. Instead, God, I couldn't even tell you how it ended. I just remember I I didn't oh agree with it. What happened was uh, the FTR went under the ring and put those silly lucha masks on, and they tried to do the fake out where they didn't have the right legal man in the ring. And what happened was uh, they uh, they ended up losing because they got distracted but yeah the whole thing i was like man that my thing was if the lucha bros were going to win anyway they should have ended with that huge frog splash spot because the crowd was into it they were hyped it would have been the perfect one two three now obviously i wanted ftr to win that's more of a taste thing but i mean to me like that was the culminating moment where it would have been the perfect ending to the match but it just went on for me a little too long thought it was weirdly a clash of styles it was a little awkward on some stuff i kind of just prefer when ftr works with other people not saying it was like not a good tag team match it just was a little herky-jerky and you could tell that it's just two teams that do completely different things not that one's right and one's wrong it's just one's doing one style and then one's doing like literally the extreme of the other style. So, uh, in, an interesting match. Uh, I hope they kind of move on from this, though. I, I, the thing is, FDR is holding the AAA Tag Team Championships, so they're going to... Or, not anymore, right? They, that's Those were on the line at full gear, correct? No, they weren't? Okay, so they still have these, meaning that they're going to continue to face, like, the Luchador teams, which... I'm like, ah, 
I don't know if that's these are the matches that I want to keep seeing, but you know, I don't know if that's their choice that they are doing this or if that's like an AEW thing. I don't know. What's next, Andy? Well, I was gonna say it's it sounds like um, well we got to get Jeremy's thoughts too. Yeah, but the but the way you're saying it, it sounds like uh, you're one of the people that didn't like you know Matt Cardona doing death matches. Don't like FTR having those AAA titles. I think it's a very similar thing. Here, okay, well, here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to equate it to music. I'm a music guy, okay? So, for me, I always like, it always seems that I like the band when they first come out, the first record, they're kind of underground. And then, and I'm a big metal guy, right? It always seems that like three, four records in, the band always becomes like, and you know, that's fine. And I'm what's fine with that though, is they're making money and they need to feed their family. So whatever these guys got to do to get booked and do work, if it's Matt Cardona doing a death match and, and he seems to like GCW. I'm very supportive of Matt Cardona. I like him a lot. Really cool guy. Um, but if that's the stuff he wants to do, Hey man, like you gotta, you gotta pay your mortgage you got to feed your kids, you know, whatever you got to do. I'm just saying from like an art, like an art taste thing. Yeah. Like I am one of those people who, yeah, not my favorite thing, but I'm happy that they're feeding their family and they're making money. Here's the thing. I'm a realist, right? Like they get paid to do this and you can only do the starving art <clears throat> artist thing for so long. Like Daniel Bryan, he, he did all, or Brian Danielson, he did all the, you know, the best wrestling in the world, Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, Japan. Uh, he's world, world traveled. And then, yeah, he went to WWE, and now he has a wife and a child. And he ha- he's world famous and made a great living. Like, that's awesome. Like, so maybe some of the storylines that he did in the company weren't my favorite from a pro wrestling perspective. But, I mean, I totally get that that is a lot of people's goal, and that is... You know, that's just kind of like the reality of it. Well, Jeremy, what did you think of the match? That was a very long, short point you had there, Tim. Um. Yeah, I, I bet I went on a bit of a uh, a ramble, and also just side note, Jeremy, if you need to <laughs> cut any of that, feel free. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was weird with the Lucha, Lucha Bros and FTR. I never felt like they gelled well, like their styles. Like I was like they're different, but. I feel like FDR has done pretty well with Lucha style before, but just with the Lucha Bros, I don't know if there's something between them that they don't just communicate well to each other. I don't know. But I did hear that uh, Harwood, um, Dax Harwood, was uh, basically knocked out in the first 10 minutes of this match. And so, like, Tony Khan said that afterwards during their, like, um, uh, media scrum. And so he was like, they had to change the match on the fly, basically, with Harwood being out of the match for most of it. And so I think that was kind of like, it came off a little bit unorganized. And also the ending didn't really make any sense with the mask, because like, who, why does it even matter then if they lost? So it, it didn't make any sense. Alrighty, uh, let's move on to the next match, which was the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Finals. Brian Danielson versus Miro. This match 
showed what Miro, I felt like, should be and could be. He was a monster in this match, but Brian Dan... I don't know. Those two paired very well together, I felt like. Um, this match was awesome. But your winner in the end was Brian Danielson. So he is next in line to challenge for the AEW World Championship. What you guys think? I thought it was a really good match. I liked it. Uh, every every match with that Brian Danielson. I almost said Daniel Bryan. Uh, Brian Danielson uh, is always really good right now. And with Miro, I was kind of I was very interested to see how they would handle it because of them wrestling back in WWE. And I don't think I like I can't remember their match, so I don't know if no I don't know if it was that great. But this one was definitely so much better than whatever they did in WWE. Um, and I was kind of concerned of like what are they going to do with Danielson and I, I was predicting Hangman was going to win later that night. So I was like, what are they going to do with a face versus face? But now after this past dynamite, I'm a thousand percent into this feud. Which I we'll can't wait later. to talk about that. <laughs> what do you think, Tim? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the match was really good overall. Two guys, I even told Andy, I said, these guys have definitely worked together a lot, especially, you know, in WWE. And I'm sure they've done lots of tours and stuff together. Uh, they probably both feel comfortable working with each other. Um, but yeah, really good match. I'm assuming uh, Danielson led the match. Um, yeah, I'm glad he won. Like you said, what we're going to get into on about what happened on Dynamite. I'm so excited because I feel like we had too many baby faces and this is going to be a great change. But anyway, good match overall. Um, obviously, that was supposed to be Moxley. Uh, that's one thing that we didn't really bring up on the show. We want to just send our support to John Moxley, who... Uh, you know, he's in uh, recovery, and we hope to see him back as soon as possible. Um, but, yeah, for kind of the replacement match that kind of happened last minute, I really enjoyed it. All right. Our next match was the False Count Anywhere match. It was Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click. Your winners were Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. I, there was too much going on in this match, I felt like. Um you know, I just I didn't know what to pay attention to some of the time. Um, just sometimes with Young Bucks and stuff, there's so many moving parts. It's just hard to hard to keep track. I thought it was okay. It wasn't my favorite match on the card, though. But uh, what do you guys think? What's your take? I thought it was the best tag match on the card, just because the rest of them weren't that great. <laughs> Like I don't like the tag uh, t- tag title match. I thought was good, but also the Young Bucks pants way too bright. It hurt my eyes. It really bothered me. It's too pink. Me and Tim were sitting there like God. Like there was there was the pink on Adam Cole's gear, but then that was fine. But then there was the pink that the Young Bucks were wearing. I was like, Jesus! It just it felt like I needed sunglasses. <laughs> it was like it's like that hot. If you remember, in the, like doing projects in middle school you had that hot pink poster board that you it was so bright that you couldn't even look at it, it would like hurt hurt your eyes that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what it reminded me of um for me i mean jeremy did you have any other thoughts on the match i don't want to interrupt you there no i just thought it was like the best uh tag match because all the rest of them were kind of like iffy really um but yeah i mean i i always enjoy the high flying stuff but there was a lot going on and it was kind of a weird ending too like jungle boy 
like uh, smashing Matt Jackson's head into another chair, which is it's a very violent ending for a babyface. Yeah, my only real thoughts on the match were very similar to Andy's. I felt like there was just a lot going on. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I don't mind a lot of the high-flying stuff. It's just I prefer when it makes a little bit more sense. Um, who was the ref? <clears throat> who was the referee in this match? I feel like we have an issue with referees right now in AEW. In AEW, even some of the older referees like Mike Yoda and stuff, uh, uh, all really a bunch of them have. I've even seen, hey guys, like you know you're blocking the hard cam. Like, what are you doing? Like, maybe that that would be nice if maybe there could be a little bit of like a referee schooling or classes or something you know i don't know i do like the one they're not the bald skinny referee i like the other bald referee yeah brent uh, he's he's brent cool. remsburg guy it's from and uh, and i like ref Aubrey. i think aubrey is like their best ref ever yeah he yeah that that guy is the guy from lancaster but i was just saying i think aubrey is like from i guess the most skilled i think that's their best referee so the ref in that match, I think you're the one that told me, is the guy that always is refing the Young Bucks matches. But I think this was the match when literally he ducked and got to his knees and they jumped over him. Jer- oh, so, Jeremy, when you see stuff like that, I- I'm just curious as like a two different fan perspectives to you. Like <laughs> that guy where he's just like, if it's a tag team match, right, and the other guy's mm-hmm. just in the ring and the ref's not doing a five count or like there's just they're literally in there for like two minutes like doing flips and stuff for you you're like hey that's cool i'm just like i I like the action uh you know for me you just know that's the style of the match and like you don't kind of like overthink it like maybe i do yeah i mean i think it it has to be like kind of worth it i think it can't just be like in there and they're just kind of you know just punching or kicking the guy as a double team, which doesn't, you know, then the ref should interfere. But if they're doing tag team moves, I'm more okay with it because it's more like moving the match along, I think, at least to me. Well, and there's an expectation, right? Like if you watch a Young Bucks or Lucha Bros match at this point, it's like if you're a fan of theirs, that's probably what you want to see. So at the same time, it's like, it would be weird if they just stopped doing that. Like, if all of a sudden they started following the rules all the time, and, like, I think that maybe the style would change some, but, like, we wouldn't see a lot of the stuff that people like about the Young Bucks, a lot of the double-team moves, the, you know, stuff to the outside where, you know, count-outs and stuff. If, if everybody was following the rules like that, yeah, it might take a, a little bit away from their repertoire. Just a thought. Well, luckily for this referee, it was a false count anywhere, so he didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. <laughs> he could get away with anything. But, uh. Yeah, but uh, no, no. But for this match, I understand. But, like, I'm just saying, like, that that usually when Rick Knox is the referee in a Young Bucks match, that is the case. Like, it's kind of like anything goes all the time. It's not false count anywhere, but really they can just kind of do whatever they want. All and right. They do do the uh, New Japan rules i think like the 10 count instead of the five count okay yeah that that is true yeah i forgot that they talked about that at the very beginning of aew that's true but they barely count anyway so it doesn't really matter right well exactly okay <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we had another tag match 
After that, it was Pack and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. The winners were Pack and Cody Rhodes. This match, I, d- I didn't not like anything about it. I didn't think anything uh, crazy happened with it. Uh, just thought it was a nice, solid tag match. Um, it was cool to see Pack wrestle uh, Malachi Black. You know, they never wrestle each other in WWE, and so I think this is the first time they got into it in the ring, at least on, on television-wise. But, um, yeah, I thought it was okay. What you guys think? All I'll say is that they should have kept it as the four-way, which they're, which was reported as their original plan, which I feel like would have been a much better match than this. This was, this felt like a, like a dynamite match, really. Do we know what the deal is? Why Malachi Black has teamed up with Andrade? Did he give him money? Like, I don't like that. I think Malachi should have, should be his own. Like, okay, picture this. All right, the Undertaker at his most dead man, all of a sudden becomes friends with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and like fights Hulk Hogan. It's like what? It's like that would never happen. Like e- even in the world where a mystical dead guy has who has powers is wrestling, that still wouldn't happen. So I feel like Malachi should just be like on his own lone wolf but my i mean my my only real thoughts on the match were i mean i guess it was fine for what it was but jeremy you're right if, if the original plan was supposed to be a four-way definitely should have been a four-way we, there was too many tag matches on this card and there's still another one Alrighty, then we had the aw women's championship match Britt baker versus ty conti your winner was Britt baker i really like this match i think it was the first match ty conti's been on uh pay-per-view wise and also, I think it's the first time she's ever in any company has gone for uh, the championship. But I, th- I think we got to see uh, more of what she could do. I thought I thought this might have been one of her best matches in AEW. I mean, she is in the ring with Britt Baker, who's who's good in her own right. But um, yeah, I mean, it felt like it could have gone either way. I know I would have been fine with it if it had gone to Ty Conti, but. Uh, you know, Britt Baker retain. What you all think? I like this match too. Uh, I thought it was a really good women's championship match, but I think everyone like wants to see Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. But they keep teasing and going back to that hardcore match that they had. And I think at a certain point, I know there's long-term storytelling here, but at a certain point, you kind of just need to give the people what they want. And they don't have that many like Ty Conti. She's really good, um, but they don't. I don't think they have really anyone else. Like they went through Ruby Zoho already, and I don't really know who else they have on the roster that can be a good challenger for Britt Baker or, or a believable challenger. Really. Yeah, I really enjoyed the match as well. This might be my like third favorite match on the show, um, and I feel like I have to reiterate it, just like nothing to do with that. It's a women's match. It's just I thought it was one of the better matches on the show and uh the two girls worked really hard i think i even sent out a live tweet during the show about it how i was very impressed with both of the effort by both of them um good match i mean really that's all i have to say is like good job to both of them i think they're both going to be or they already are like you know standout competitors in aew's women's division so yeah good match Alrighty. after that we had cm punk versus eddie kingston Punk came out in uh like fight Let's shorts. Go. He came out in fight shorts. Eddie Kingston comes out both you know very serious looks on their faces. 
Before the bell even rings, I believe, Eddie Kingston did like a spinning back chop or fist or slap to CM Punk and kind of, you know, quote-unquote, knocked him out. Um, Yeah, and then eventually Punk's just like, you know, he's good to go. And this was almost not a wrestling. It was a fight. It It was a fight. Punk got some color. He's doing great facial expressions throughout it. Uh, your winner in the end, though, was CM Punk. But, man, this was a, an exciting... I thought it was exciting. It didn't go too long. You know, it, I think it went the... It was one of the shorter matches, I think, on the show, but it went... Uh, I felt like the right amount of time. And, uh, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, this is my second favorite match on the show behind Darby and MJF. I, I, I liked Punk's shorts. I don't know. I know, Tim, you don't like those... That short or the kickboxing shorts look, but... I actually liked it for Punk. It looks pretty good. Um, the the more... As the entrance went on, it grew on me. I was like, okay, here's the thing. I'm a creature of habit. I'm used to CM Punk looking a certain way. But then I realized CM Punk, like classic CM Punk, used to, in like Ring of Honor, used to wear... And uh, IWA, he would uh, wear like basketball shorts. So, And I kind of noticed that they were... It was kind of a mix between that and like fight shorts so i was like you know no this is cool but you know you know like everybody you know i got when wrestlers have like a certain (laughs) attire or something i got my favorites (laughs) yeah i mean i I just liked that it was a different look for him and especially this was a straight fight i thought it was a good idea to kind of change his look and he didn't do the you know it's clobbering time on the ramp this time uh just to show how serious they were but I, i this was my favorite punk match since his return really and I thought the intensity was there. And it was a lot quicker paced than I thought it was going to be. And I think, I feel like Punk did more MMA style and kind of different moves than he's done ever before, which I actually really liked. And that I hope he keeps doing as he goes forward. It's like, it, it, should, it should be like a different Punk coming back. Alrighty. We had our final tag team match um, after this. It was the Minneapolis Street Fight. The Inner Circle versus Men of the Year, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arvlowski, and Dan Lambert. Guys, this was my least favorite, favorite match on the show. Uh, I thought it was a mess. I thought the weapons that were used were ridiculous. Uh, I remember at one point, a hockey stick uh, was used as a weapon, and me and Tim looked at each other, and we're like, dude, that, I mean... They should have sold it better, but me and Tim used to play some like roller hockey, and getting hit with one of the sticks was would have been brutal. Um, there was a cool spot, I think, with Sammy Guevara doing almost like a homage to Jeff Hardy off the ladder. He just kind of rolled off uh, for like a swanton. But uh, I did not like this match. Your winners were the inner circle, and I hope American Top Team is, this feud at least, is just over with. It has to be, right? Like, what and possibly else could they do? But I don't. I don't want to ask that question actually because they could probably do something else. Um, but yeah, this was my least favorite match too. I only liked it because of Sammy and maybe uh, uh, Ortiz and Santana, like their spots, because they did pretty decent in this match. But I don't know what else like. It was Junior Dos Santos was going out to just have fun. I think I mean, he was like, "All right, come on, guys, do a move on me," and then he would just flip and have like smile on his face. I'm like, "Dude, you're supposed to be selling this move. What are you doing?" 
Thank you, Sammy Guevara, doing the swanton off the ladder and crushing his body. Because that's the only part in the whole match that was cool. (laughs) Like, if he didn't do that, I would be like, man, this match is, like, even worse than... Here's the thing, like, no one can say that our show isn't critical of the stuff AEW does. I would say that, realistically, yes, we are, like, probably a lot of the time, like, more pro AEW stuff than WWE stuff. And that's really just based on, like, what we actually think, not just, like, one over the other. But, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I again, this was my least, like you guys said, least favorite match on the show. Was I even tweeted during the live show, I said, this is 1998. WCW Thunder <laughs> hardcore match goofy like hockey sticks they had like the silver like 1997 trash cans I was like what is this it was just not good I, I really hope that it, and the Junior Santos punches were so awful it, I, it was just the water the water ski like I, I don't know if you guys heard that on the audio Andy just said the water ski the water ski when he brought that in the ring, I was like, okay, I'm checked out now. Now I'm fully checked out. So, yeah, thumbs down. <laughs> Alrighty, so then after that match, we have Tony Schiavone at the top of the ramp, and he introduces and is now all elite. He introduces Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal comes out. He has a good rea- uh, reaction from the crowd, and he challenges Sammy Guevara to the up-and-coming Dynamite episode for the TNT Championship. Uh, Sammy comes out after just comes back out after just having a match, like holding his ribs, um, and accepts the challenge. Uh, I guess you know Jay Lethal. I think was probably with Ring of Honor. I would assume he's. I feel like he's always with Ring of Honor. So. With all those releases, very smart move, I felt like, on Tony Khan's part. Uh, how do you guys feel about Jay Lethal getting signed? It's a great signing. I mean, we'll talk about him more in the next, you know, Dynamite main event. But, yeah, I thought that was perfect, perfect uh, signing for them. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I brought up in the beginning of the show, the one thing I really wanted to touch on was, you know, how I felt bad that all those people lost their job. But there's going to be these guys like Jay Lethal who, you know, they're going to, turn up in AEW or I mean that's really the the big company to turn up in right now unless you know you do sign with NXT or you know whatever at this point I don't really know how that works anymore over there but yeah you're gonna see how you know I think you know we might see the Briscoes um I think we might see you know we just saw Jay Lethal I think there's plenty of other talent yeah gosh and I'm not even the come on like, you know I'm the I'm the serious guy right? I even love Dan Housen. I'm like please sign Dan Housen. He's just like a cool <laughs> guy. Like I just think he's like just cool. Yeah, very nice, very evil. And I think that's the, how the other fans feel too. They're like no something about this guy. Like I don't know what it is, but I like this guy. But yeah, um, and I just want to say one thing real quick uh, about the about Jay Lethal. About the Briscoes and and whoever whoever else has things come up against them, like we're really just talking about these people from like a pro wrestling perspective. Like we're not going to get into their personal views on things or like you know things that may or may not have happened. We're just here talking about pro wrestling. So if you're looking for that type of thing, we're not going to be talking about that on here. Uh, overall, 
strong signing for AEW and hope everything uh, goes well. I mean, he had that, we'll be talking about it uh, briefly, but he had a great match on uh, Dynamite. So, yeah, good so far, so good. All righty, and our main event of the pay-per-view was for the AEW World Championship. It was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. Your winner and new AEW World Champion is Hangman Adam Page. Uh, I thought it was a very About good match. damn time. I thought it was a very good match. I thought, yes, uh, it is about time. And, you know, I felt like if he wasn't going to win in here, then, you know, they dropped the ball on Hangman. Um, he definitely, you know, earned it, uh, I felt like. And the fans seem to be really behind him. I think it's a good choice and a good uh, step moving forward with you know, having him be the face of the company. Yeah, finally Hangman is champion. I couldn't wait. I was like, if they don't give him the title this time, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think it was a perfect ending. And that the well, the ending to the match, I feel like, was like HBO-level drama <laughs> with the Young Bucks at the ring. And there's Matt Jackson's giving him that nod as, you know, uh, basically accepting him winning the title and like uh, I don't know if it's like having the, his back but you know just respecting him again oh man this was a cool match I loved the ending I loved uh, Matt Jackson giving him the nod just almost like alright yep just do it you know you've, you we, we can't stop you anymore it's you finally earned this like go just go ahead and do it and it was cool. I'm wondering if something's going to like happen from there or if that was I mean they I don't think they really got into it much on Dynamite, but um yeah, it it was just like a cool little moment and thought it's interesting how, you know, with all the flips and like cool moves that people can do, sometimes just someone giving somebody a head nod is the moments that make the match great you know like this this is Shawn michaels on the rick flair i'm sorry i love you and then gives him the super kick it's not all you know it's sometimes these little things that make moments really special so yeah i loved matt jackson doing the the nod of approval like it's your time just just do it and yeah it was cool great great ending to the pay-per-view this is the guy that should be the aw champion for you know hopefully he has a nice run um but we will get into his next uh, opponent, which that'll be fun. So yeah, that was the ending of uh, that was a really the ending of full gear. It was what you guys give the? Did you guys? Give, I give it a thumbs up overall. What about you, Andy? Oh, I thought it was really good. I still think uh, all out the last all out was probably their best pay per view to date. Yeah. But uh, I I did enjoy watching it. Um, you know there, it's it's hard to have a perfect pay per view. I mean that's that's a standard. You know it, it's hard to hold that. Uh, I mean, you hope for a pay-per-view to be amazing start to finish, but it doesn't always uh, turn out that way. But I really, uh, majority of the matches I really uh, did enjoy. So, Jeremy, uh, what about you? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? What say you? <laughs> thumbs up. Second best pay-per-view. <laughs> this was... That, was... that was my Conrad impression. Alrighty. Um... Before we get into this week's Dynamite review, I wanted to talk about one more thing uh, WWE-wise, and that was from this past Raw, which, again, relates to what we were talking about with Survivor Series. Uh, 
So originally, Dominic and Rey Mysterio were both on the team. Last week, last week, uh, Adam Pierce says that Dominic has to wrestle Bobby Lashley, and if he loses, Lashley's on the team and he is off. Well, surprise, surprise, Bobby Lashley destroys Dominic Mysterio. Lashley's now on the team. This week, Rey Mysterio uh, has a match against, I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Lashley as well, and he loses, and Adam Pearce comes out, and Rey Mysterio has been replaced by Austin Theory. Again, why even have these people you're taking off? I don't understand why you even put them on the team unless part of what do we do with Survivor Series week to week? Uh, I don't know. Put people on, take them off. That'll be our Survivor Series storylines, you know, going forward. That's the only thing I can think of. But I just thought, it, it, to me, it's silly. I'm telling you, besides, and I love Roman, but besides Roman, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, God, that might be it, and Rey Mysterio, do they really even, like, promote or care about anybody else anymore? Yeah. Even the 2K game that's coming out, they promoted Rey Mysterio as, like, the, um, the showcase, like, storyline. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that's cause they the also coming guy should be focused on the vegan. That's because they also fired everybody else. All right, boys, let's get into this week's uh, Dynamite review. It opened up with the Elite backstage. Kenny Omega is basically saying that he's going away for a little bit, which I think he, I read online, he had planned on taking some time off anyway. But, uh, you know, he tells the Elite to hold it down while he's gone, and Adam Cole says, don't worry, Kenny, we got you. And Kenny basically is saying... no disrespect, but I was talking to the to the Bucks, um, so I wonder why that was thrown in there. But we shall see. This uh, leads to the in ring, yeah, they're teasing something. But uh, this led to uh, our next segment, which was, I guess you can call it the coronation for uh, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, the Dark Order's in the ring. They ask the new champion to come come down. They're in uh, Hangman's home state. He gets in the ring. Um, maybe you guys can elaborate more on what exactly he was saying. Well, the chant, I, I do know the crowd was chanting, you deserve it. And he says, no, I earned it. Uh, and then they start chanting, you earned it. Um, but I forget what was said. But it, it somehow led to Brian Danielson uh, coming out. And I'll let you guys talk about what happened because you guys seemed excited earlier to talk about the direction they're going with uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah, well, uh, first, I, I do like the the way he said He's like, no, I effing earned it when they were chanting that. And I always felt like the you deserved it chant was kind of like, I know it was like a good-hearted chant, but it is kind of weird saying you deserved it after the person worked their whole life for this. I'm like, they earned it. Um, so I like that he said that. And, yeah, Brian Danielson coming out. And at first, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to have a face-to-face. Uh, and he was like, congratulating you. And it was they already announced that he was facing Evil Uno. So I was like, all right, he's in his ring gear. So it's probably just going to go to that. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Brian Danielson just starts cutting, like, this awesome heel promo. And, I mean, I I don't even know if it was a heel promo because he's just being himself. But I just thought it was the best thing ever. I didn't even see it coming. And I think he <laughs> started way... with, I think he started with, uh, 
think it started with him saying that he he was hoping it was going to be Kenny Omega uh, that won the title. And yeah, he'd that's be, right. Uh, wrestling him, and I think it was all heelish <laughs> from there on. When he mentioned, he's like, "I won the title at WrestleMania and wrestled the next night." The heat that he got for just mentioning WrestleMania <laughs> was amazing. Yeah, I saw one, I saw one guy throwing his hands at him like, "Go away!" And then he was like, "Of course, Virginia boos hard work." Ow, <laughs> oh, it was awesome. He's oh, great. I we got so many squeaky clean baby faces right now between Hangman and you know you got Punk's like happy guy now. And then Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson was like happy guy. Now I'm glad finally at least one of them is like, all right, let's go a different direction. Cause Co- you know, Cody is not going to turn heel or so he says, we'll see what happens. He would be so great though. Cody wearing like the fur smoking a cigar and ring of honor with the ring. Oh, he should bring that back anyway. But yeah, he, uh, that was, that was really fun to see. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna do that until the cows come home. Brian Danielson. <laughs> uh, kind of work that heel style, and then during the match with the Evil Uno, he was doing some classic Ring of Honor throwbacks where he would stay beating somebody up in the corner or in the ropes, and then the ref would count, and he would say, "I have till five and he would hold hold up the number his you know his five fingers in their face. I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I believe uh, this was basically how he was as the American Dragon. He wasn't, and you know, a good guy. I'm pretty sure for majority of his run. Before we move on, though, I was gonna say, technically, he's been doing this ever since he came to AEW, like the same character. So it's just that he upped it a little bit more. So I don't know if that's like him turning heel or if that's just him being the American Dragon still. I think the fans wanted him to be happy for Hangman, and instead he's like, yeah, that's cool, but I want that, (laughs) and I wanted to have a match against Kenny Omega. So the fans were like, oh, well, you're a jerk. All right, so then uh, after that we had a uh, promo from MJF backstage after his win at Full Gear. So it was recorded um, from the previous Saturday, but uh, it's basically, and I agreed a lot with it, you know, MJF is basically talking about how, you know, everyone thought he was just good on the mic and he can't actually, like, do a good wrestling match. Well, he did prove everyone wrong. Um, and that was basically his point for for this promo is, you know, he, he proved all the, all the naysayers wrong. After that, we had a uh, backstage segment with Eddie Kingston, who I'm not sure even got a word in at all, because 2.0 and Daniel Garcia come up and uh, interrupt, um, you know, start talking trash to him, and uh, I think Eddie Kingston says something like, he's like, he's like, you had two grown men say that you're their son, he's like, I don't respect you for that, <laughs> and then he says something like, uh, CM Punk wanted to wrestle me, he's like, I want to fight you, and so uh, I think... You know, Daniel Garcia is going to, who has already wrestled CM Punk beforehand, is going to wrestle Eddie Kingston. Then we had our first match of, oh, God, I'm jumping ahead here. Before the MJF promo, we had had Brian Danielson versus Evil Uno. Uh, The winner was Brian Danielson. Uh, Danielson gets on the mic. 
And I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. Can any of you guys uh, refresh my memory? Yeah, he said uh, basically because of Hangman's actions earlier is that he's going to take the Dark Order out until he faces him for the title. And then that's when they set the match for Colt Cabana in Chicago next week. And he's like, I'm going to kick his head in. Yeah, that was sick. So then, yes, then we had the MGF promo and then the uh, Eddie Kingston backstage segment. After that, we had our second match of the night. It was Orange Cassidy uh, teaming up with Tomohiro Ishii and the Butcher versus the Butcher and the Blade. The winners were Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I'd never seen uh, Ishii wrestle before. I know, I think... They were saying he just beat uh, Jay White for the title that he was holding. Um, but I, th- I thought I thought it was a good match. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of Tomohiro? I, I liked it. I mean, I, I liked uh, him coming to AEW, but I always feel weird. Like, they put these New Japan guys in weird matches to start out. Like, they need to do, like, Suzuki and... Danielson style matches when they come in, because people like most people don't know who this guy is, so they have to really just let him be him for the people to to enjoy it. Really. All right, I'm ready for everybody to get mad at me. I saw <laughs> the mute Ryan Gosling, and I fast forwarded <laughs> when he came on the screen. I was like, "All right, not watching this match." Next. I just got to say, enough with the Matt Hardy-Orange Cassidy feud. I thought it was done, and he's still out there during Orange Cassidy versus... That should have been over, like, four months ago. Just enough. Enough. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. We had Andrade, El Idolo, FTR, and Tony Blanchard backstage. Um, I'm pretty sure they're setting up a... Is it a six-man or a eight-man tag team match, I believe. I think they're doing Andrade FTR in Malachi Black, maybe. Or maybe it's just a six-man. I don't know. But they're setting up a a match with uh, the Death Triangle and I think, yeah, Death Triangle and Cody. So I think it is an eight-man. But uh, that led us into a video package uh, of Ty Conti talking about you know, how even though she lost the match at full gear, she still came out a winner. Which this perfectly led into the, a backstage segment with Britt Baker. Um, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel at her side. Um, Jeremy, do you remember what they talked about? I know they addressed the Ty Conti video, but I think she they moved past it afterwards. Um... After yeah, that, we it, had it a. It seems like Britt Baker's promos kind of sound the same when they're backstage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we had the TBS Women's Championship Tournament semifinals. It was Nyla Rose versus Sakaru Shida. Your winner was Nyla Rose, so she will be moving on. I believe this was the first uh, semifinals match of the whole tournament so far. So there should be one more, and then it will be. Uh, then it'll be who gets down to the final two and then they'll eventually have the the championship match 
So then we had a, a promo from Malachi Black. Um, you know, always being cryptic. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what exactly he was going off about this time. Um, I'm sure it had to do with, I'm pretty sure it had to do with Cody still, but, um, that should guess. be, that should be a t-shirt on, uh, that should be a t-shirt is just, you know, always being cryptic and then have a picture of just like Malachi Black's <laughs> face on it. Uh, after the promo we had, which was one of my favorite parts of the night, uh, the MJF in-ring segment. Uh, he was talking about his match with Darby, I believe, for a little bit, and how he's uh, basically, I think he, he said he could, or he's better than everyone backstage. And then out comes CM Punk. CM Punk comes in the ring, doesn't say anything. They just have a stare down. They let the crowd feed off them. The crowd starts chanting. Uh, I think they're chanting like, holy shit, or something like that. And, uh, no words are spoken. MJF puts out his hand for a handshake. CM Punk just walks away. Guys, I'm here for this. This The promos between their, these two is going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, this, like as soon as Punk's music hit, like I audibly was like, let's go. And I was like, I am sitting alone watching this in my living room. <laughs> and I'm just, like, getting so excited by that way. <laughs> I... I just wanted to, like, I love how they know exactly what we're talking about. Like, they know that, like, people can't wait to hear us talk and interact with each other. And Punk didn't say a word. He just didn't even shake his hand. He just walked right back out. So it's like, man, they're going to keep that anticipation going even more until it finally happens. And they didn't even a conversation. We're not, they're not even wrestling. We're excited to hear them have a conversation with one another. So then we had a backstage interview with Darby Allen, and the gun, the gun club comes up and interrupts him. Um, after that, we had a backstage promo with the Super Click and Bobby Fish. This sets up a a match for I think Rampage. It is Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. So a little throwback to a uh, the Undisputed, I believe, at the end of the promo. Um. Bobby Fish goes, and that's, and then the Young Bucks stop. Yeah, that was can't say funny. That. Like, you can't say that. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that, 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 that'll be a good. He's like, no, it's no, probably, it here. <laughs> that match is probably either going to be the opener or the main event of uh, Rampage, but that would be cool to see Adam Cole and Bobby Fish teaming up in, in AEW. I mean, again, I've said it before on the show. You want to see the stars of NXT, you got to turn on AEW now. Like, that's what... I, if you liked black and gold NXT, well, you might as well become black and gold AEW because they're all all the ones that you liked are all over there. <laughs> oh, right. Then it'll be Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, I can't wait! It's gonna happen. Jeremy's shirt right now is the black and gold, all, black and gold all elite <laughs> wrestling T-shirt, so kind of follow suit. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of wrestling t-shirts, if you go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW fan, you can get your pocket <laughs> logo tee right now. Different fabrics, materials, tank top, short sleeve, long sleeve. You know what to do. 
All right. So after that backstage promo, we had Leo Rush and Dante Martin teaming up against versus uh, the acclaimed. Um, your winners were Leo Rush and Dante Martin. This is their second match teaming up together, and I I actually liked <laughs> like them as a team. Uh, you know they've been pretty good lately. Uh, so yeah, your winners were Leo Rush and Dante Martin, and afterwards Team Tads comes out. You know trying to uh, scout. Dante Martin trying to, you know, take him from Leo Rush. They say, don't worry, Leo, you know, it's not personal, it's just business. So we'll see where this, you know, storyline ends up. But, uh, yeah, what's your guys' thoughts on this? How many people have tried to recruit Dante Martin? Yeah, I have no idea. Dante Martin's it feels awesome. Like the entire roster was like, do you want to join as a tag team? <laughs> but yeah, I I liked both of these tag teams. Uh, like the acclaimed are becoming one of my favorite. Like the Max Caster, his raps, they're not just like John Cena ripoff raps where they walk out and rap about it. But he's actually it's actually like pretty funny, I think, or pretty good. Um, especially when uh, I think what is it? I think this week he said he made a joke towards Lee Rush. He made a joke towards Lee Rush this week. Uh, I think the ending line was like. You were better as a manager, uh, I guess, talking about when he <laughs> yeah. managed Bobby Lashley. And then he said something, he's like, uh, he's like, we're in, something about we're in Virginia, and he's like, and you're both virgins. And then you just see Leo Rush go, I got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> Max Caster is another trainee of Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. And if you want to see Brian Myers wrestle... You can watch him on Impact on Access TV. But, man, that guy has trained a lot of people. It's crazy, right? Mark Sterling, Max Caster, Big Swole, MJF. He has a lot of AEW people coming through his school. All right, so after that tag match, uh, we had a backstage promo with Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Um, Pretty sure they were basically talking to the Super Click about the upcoming Rampage match with Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. That led into a video package for Red Velvet versus Jade Cardgill, and they are going to be having a match um, for it, in the TBS Women's uh, Championship Tournament. Winner of that will go on to face Nyla Rose. Then we had a, another backstage promo with the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I believe they were uh, talking about... The promo that had gone on earlier with Andrade, FTR, and Tony Blanchard setting up that uh, eight-man tag match for a later time. But our main event, and what a main event. This match was awesome and, and a great debut, I felt like, for Jay Lethal. It was Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship. In the end, Sammy Guevara uh, retained, but this match was awesome, guys. I really, really liked it. I thought it was one of the best main events uh, in uh aw history for dynamite that is yeah i agree i mean this was a great debut for lethal a great way to introduce him to everyone who might have not seen him in ring of honor but i thought that was the best match they could have had with him losing still because i think sammy still should be champion probably champion for quite a while longer um since this is his first reign in aw but yeah i mean there's so many spots in this i was you know it's kept you uh you know your eyes on the match the entire time yeah it was a incredible match what a cool feeling for jay lethal it must have been to 
Russell. And I mean, really, like I was thinking, like, and I'm sure he's probably done stuff in Japan and stuff, but it's a lot of people, you know. I mean, this is technically, you know, we're like, oh, you know, for a dynamite, but you know, for a lot of wrestlers, like a dynamite crowd that size is that's a lot of that's a lot of people to, to have that caliber of match in front of. So that's really cool. And I really like Sam, Sammy Guevara from where, you know, I first saw him when AEW first start, started to where, how I feel about him now. I just, yeah, I think he's really great. Uh, I really thought it was a great match. And yeah, I mean, I would say that pretty much wraps up our Dynamite review. Wouldn't you say, Andy? All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming back and joining us for episode 11. We apologize for our two-week break, but we did need some rest. Uh, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the PW Fan, and follow Andy's Funko Pop Collection on Instagram at the 410 Fan Bros. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week on the PW Fan. Bye-bye, everybody.